0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Brunching with Friends, where we're going to give you the highs and the lows of this week's pop culture, and also some advice that you can lean on. But remember, this ain't a show for your mom and her little friends, and it's also probably not safe for work. Other than that, let's start the show. <laughs> Enjoy.
1: We talk about a revolution, most people think violent. Um, without realizing that the real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. On the other hand, uh, because of the way this society is organized, because of the violence that exists on the surface everywhere, you have to expect that there are going to be such explosions. You have to expect things like that as reactions. If you are a black person and live in, 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 in the black community all your life and walk out on the street every day seeing white policemen surrounding you. I, when I was living in Los Angeles, for instance, long before the situation in LA ever occurred, uh, I was constantly stopped. No, the, the, the police didn't know who I, who I was, but I was a black woman, and I had a, had a natural, and, and they, I suppose, thought that I might be a, quote, militant. And when you live under a situation like that constantly, um, uh, and, time then, and then you ask me you know, whether I approve of violence, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, whether I approve of guns. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, some very, very good friends of mine were killed by bombs, bombs that were planted by racists. Uh, I remember, from, from the time I was very small, I remember the sounds of bombs exploding across the street, our house shaking. I remember my father having to have guns at his disposal at all times because of the fact that at any moment, uh, uh, someone we might expect to be attacked. The man who was at that time in complete control of the city government, his name was Bill Connor, uh, would often get on the radio and make statements like, uh, 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 niggers have moved into a white neighborhood, Uh, we better expect some bloodshed tonight, and sure enough, there would be bloodshed. Uh, after the four young girls who were, who lived very, who lived, one of them lived uh, next door to me. Uh, I was very good friends with the sister of of another one. My my sister was very good friends with all three of them. My mother taught one of them in her class. My mother, in fact, when the bombing occurred, one of the mothers of, uh, one of the young girls called my mother and said, uh, can you take me down to the church to pick up uh, Carol. You know, we heard about the bombing and I I don't have my car. And they went down and what did they find? They found limbs and heads strewn all over the place. And then after that, uh, in my neighborhood, all of the men organized themselves into an armed patrol. They had to take their guns and patrol our community every night because they did not want that to happen again. I mean, that's why when someone asked me about violence, uh, uh, I just, uh, I just find it incredible it, because it, what it means is that the person who's asking that question has absolutely no idea what black people have gone through, what black people have experienced in this country since the time the first black person was kidnapped from the shores of Africa.
0: Hey guys, thank you for coming back to another episode of Brunching with Friends. So where do I even begin One of the biggest things that I have always understood was that I am and will always be a black male in America. This country has continued to show us disrespect on how they treat people of color, specifically black people. We have been continually marginalized, disenfranchised to the point where they find it okay to put their knee on a black man's neck for eight minutes and then get on national TV and said that this man died of underlying health conditions. We have been through so much as a culture dating back all the way to slavery, then through the civil rights movement, where at one point we didn't even have the right to vote. At one point we were considered property of another person. And they asked us, why are we mad? Or why are we still angry? It's because we are continually pushed to the side, disrespected, made to be less than human It's like being a second class citizen in a first world country. We can no longer accept this behavior from other people. Even in the components of behavioral change or behavioral therapy, when you want something to give you a different result than different behaviors have to come in order to get a result that is new. So with people going out into the streets and protesting and fighting for what they believe in, I continue to stand with those people. Because at this point, America has showed us and has picked a side to say that they do not care about black people. And yes, there are individuals who are our allies. There are some individuals, but we're not going to talk about that. At this point, what I want to talk about is the constant disrespect, the constant outcry of people that are saying, please stop killing us. It hurts me because not only am I a black male, I have a nephew who is a black male, who is 18. He is just now getting to the point where he is going out into this world. And it's already hard, but to see someone who has so much potential, and I would hate to get a phone call or see on the news where something has happened to someone I know or someone I love, but it continues to hurt me because we're all one big family. So when I see another brother that is shot or that loses his life to police brutality, yes, it does hurt. So at this point, a lot of people are going to say, well, we need to move past these issues and bring the conversation to the table. We've done that. We've been saying that for years that we need to bring this conversation up. The time for talking and having that conversation is past People need to realize and understand the privilege that they have in order for them to be able to understand just a glimpse. Because they will truly never understand, but just a glimpse of what we go through as black people in the world. We are looked at differently. We're judged. We're often thought as criminals or thugs. And there are so much. There are so many people in the world that just don't understand. Well, I take that back. There are so many people in the world that are so fearful of black people because they don't understand us. They don't understand how we can laugh and continue to rebuild and move forward and progress even through what we've been through in our and it continues to hurt me because it is a trend that we see time after time after time. We saw it with Trayvon Martin. We saw it with Sandra Bland. We saw it with Eric Garner. And now we're seeing it with George Floyd where people are being murdered. They are being murdered and nothing is being done about it. We are in a country that is supposed to protect its citizens and the country continues to turn their back on us. We are tired. Your mom, your sister, your brother, your nephew, your uncle, we're all tired. We continuously see the same story told different ways. And we're just tired We have a president that doesn't care for us, that doesn't see the needs and meet the needs of the people. We have a country that is divided. We have individuals who are so headstrong into making black people feel less than, Racism has always been prevalent in this country and history continues to repeat itself because the issue has not been addressed because your best friend, your best friend at work continues to say, well, I don't see color. Yes, you do. You see color. Because if you didn't see color, then what the fuck do you do at a stoplight? You see color because you saying that you don't see color means that you don't see me. You saying that you don't you 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 have a black friend so you're not racist. That don't make you not racist. That just means that you have a person that you get along with. You can be racist and have a black friend. You can be racist and work with black people. We see it all the time. We need to get to an understanding that we need to stop giving people passes for simple human decency. for people treating us equal, for people putting us at a point where they understand that we have the capacity and the capability to to be just as successful as they are. I see it every day. I see it every day. I see how people of color are treated by people, by the majority. And that's another thing. All of this is going on because at this point, the majority or the so-called majority is realizing that this is their last hurrah. They are losing every bit of power that they thought they had. And they are fighting to keep it. But man, when I tell you, the people that we have in our culture Black people, they're so strong, they're resilient, and they have the ability to rise up even when they have barrier after barrier after barrier in front of them. We are tired of playing the same narrative over in our head. It continues to create black trauma. Many of us are existing and living in black trauma because we have to face the same stories over and over and over again. And we're we're really waiting to say when will I be next or when will one of my family members be next? Because none of us want our name. We are tired of continuously experiencing the black trauma that occurs when we see this same narrative. Over and over again. We are tired of stepping and fetching. For this country that don't give a fuck. About us. We are tired. And people are saying. Well it'll get better. We have hope. Yes we got those things. We've been at those things. We are a resilient culture. We are a resilient race. But at the same time. It is so damn hard. To be black. And it's so difficult and we don't need your apologies we don't need your oh well it'll get better what we need for you to do is to see us understand us and allow us the space to create to react to express and to just be you don't want to give up your spaces because you are so fearful that you will no longer be the majority and that's okay but at the end of the day do not be surprised when we continue to fight for ourselves fight for our liberation fight for our freedom continue to rise up and meet Every challenge that you throw at us because we're no longer sitting to the side. We are on this movement. We are continuing to fight for our rights and our freedom. Because if we don't stand up for ourselves, then it will be continually done to us until every single one of us, all of our names are added to that list. And we're not going to let that happen we can't let that happen so what do we do about the black trauma that we're facing here what do we do as a race in order to make sure that we don't succumb to the depression to the anxiety to the fears that are that that is being caused right now by seeing that narrative played over and over again One of the things that you have to always be mindful of is meditation is extremely important as a way to reset your overall thinking pattern and also to reset your body. Giving yourself 10 to 15 minutes and unplugging yourself from what's going on in the world is okay. I'm not saying to unplug yourself from the world for Days on end, because we all need to be active and showing unity at this very time. What I'm saying is take 10 to 15 minutes a day to meditate on what's going on in the world and how you can make it better and what you can do to implement things that are going to make it better because we need your ideas, we need your truth being told, we need your self-expression. Because at the end of the day, we are all we got and we are all that we need. Another way to cope with the trauma that occurs is to seek counseling. A lot of us in the black community sometimes have trust issues when it comes down to seeking help, but we have to continue to protect and safeguard our mental health by talking to a therapist, a counselor, a psychiatrist, what have you, whatever it's going to take to make sure that you are addressing any issues that you have going on. Because continuously seeing unarmed black people being shot and killed can cause an individual to have PTSD, anxiety, depression, all of those things. And you have to be able to seek the necessary treatment in order for you not to succumb yourself to the overall triggers that are constantly being put in our face daily. We have to play this game very strategically. Because this is chess. We have to make sure that we are forward thinking, that we are making moves that are healthy for us. And in order to do that, you have to be self full You have to be able to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. So as you are experiencing what's going on in our nation today, you have to be able to say, I'm going to go talk to somebody about these issues. Once you have talked to someone about these issues, then you will be more capable of helping others who are going through the same traumatic issues. Again, I don't have all the answers. None of us have all the answers. We have been going through this for years, decades, centuries. But we do know one thing is for sure. We will always be black. And we will always come out on top. Because we are powerful beyond measure. And that is what puts a lot of people in a state of worry because they don't know how we do it. They don't know how we survive so many years of torture, enslavement, beatings, brutality, not having rights. But we did. And we will continue to do that by continuing to fight and stand up for what's right so yes when someone says all lives matter you say okay sure but at this point we're talking about the black lives that matter because black lives are the ones who are being killed and murdered in the streets black lives are the ones who have been disenfranchised and marginalized to a point what they are trying to write us out of history. So, yes, King, yes, queen. Continue to fight every small battle, large battle you have to in order to push this movement ahead. Demand your seat at the table. Be in the room. Remember. You may come in as one, but you stand as a thousand because you have your ancestors guiding you all the way. You have the support of all of us. Continue to be a earth shattering voice. To those who want to push us to the side, continue to break ground in every single thing that you do. I hope that something that is said throughout this podcast motivates you, puts you at a point to want to go out and be a part of this movement. Because right now is history right now is what they will read about. So are you going to sit on the sidelines are you going to watch everything go by you and say, oh man, I really wish I could have did that. No, do it. Get up and do it. You
2: so black, Ooh!
0: you so black.
2: When you smile, the stars come out. You so black when you born, the God come out. Black as night. Black as dirt. Black as a boot. Black as a hearse black to the earth black at last and black at first black unrehearsed black uninvested black uninvited black ill requested black interested black entertained black and something special baby black just the same black like your mama's and black like your daddies, black like you want me and black like you could never have me black and inconvenient black with the burden of proof black until proven innocent black with the built-in truth black and blue black and substance abuse black with the life that matters black with hands up don't shoot black with lead in my water black in a subpar school black and pipeline to prison black single mothers with children black and caught up in the system black and tired of the division of being black and broke black and poor black and bleeding black before black was needing social media black as bland Back to Africa and black again. Black as Panthers. Black as Angela and Asada. Black as Betty and Coretta's sons and daughters. Black as pyramids. Black as mathematics. Black as melanin. Black is magic, black is televised, black is in need of drastic black advancement, black enhances, black with chances, black with privilege, black with pride, black on purpose, on the black hand side, black and beautiful, black and blessed and highly favored, black and blessed, black and so much more, black and nothing less, black and educated, black and dangerous, You know Blacks with education is the most dangerous. Black is brilliant, Black is strong, Black is resilient, Black is song, Black is hip hop, Black is space, Black is infinite, Black is grace, Black is love, Black makes babies, Black babies grow up, Black is so tough, Black is so hard to do, Black is me, Black is you, Black is not something you choose. Black is something you cherish. Black is something you wear and you rock it with honor. I'm black like my granddaddy and my great, 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 great grandmama. Back to the black first farmer of black soil and black seed. Black as you need. Black as you breathe. Black as you believe. Black as you love. Black has always been enough. Black is all of the above. Black is lift every voice and sing. Black is letting our freedom ring and resolve. Black is color, adjective, adverb, and noun. Black is crown. Black is clean. So to the black is all everlasting. To the black in passing. And every shade of black in between. Matter of fact, anywhere you believe you're black to at all be applicable. Baby, you so black you transcend the physical. Black is original. You so black, ooh, you so black, when you smile, the stars come out. You so black, when you born, the God come out.
0: Hey, you guys, looking for something to get involved with? Well, Black Lives Matter movement, is that something. Go on social media today. Follow Black Lives Matter. Sign a petition. Donate. Do what you can. Make your voice heard. It's time for change. Join Black Lives Matter and help us progress the world. So on this week's episode of Brunching with Friends... I asked some very special guests to come on the show to give their response as to what's going on in the U.S. today. So we're gonna start it off with Ms. Shauna. So how do you feel about everything that's going on in the world today?
3: I am not only emotionally But I'm mentally tired and frustrated and pissed the F off. How many of us have to die for people to see us as human? How many of us have to die for people to see that we matter? I honestly feel like that I'm still considered one-fourth of a person because no one can see Our value. No one can see our worth. We're only valuable when they want to take our culture and make it theirs. That's the only time. We look cool to them. But that's about it. At this point, I'm really tired of talking. And I'm ready to do some work. I have not only said that I'm going to dedicate my life's work to change, but once I get this degree, I'm going to shake some stuff up. Not only do I want to change my community, but I'm ready to form legislation that's actually going to make a difference. That's actually going to protect us in some way. Because I am freaking tired. I'm tired. Mm.
0: Next we have Neosha. Neosha, what emotions come up with what's going on in the U.S. today?
4: I'm watching the world crumble all around me and I have so many mixed emotions. I'm sad. I'm motivated. I'm enraged. I'm angered. I'm enthused. I am proud. But even in that, I am mostly scared. The fear of the unknown can be paralyzing. We don't know how the cookies will crumble. We don't know where the chips may fall. And as someone living with anxiety, I have so many questions. What will be the outcome of these actions? How do we rise up from this? What more can we do? Where do we go from here? Why us? But even with a million questions circling in my head, I can't help but smile and boast at the fact that we are finally taking a stance that has been long overdue and fighting a battle that began centuries ago and honestly never ended. As someone who works in the medical field, I have been most disappointed at the blatant racist acts and comments from those who, like me, took an oath to change, save, advocate, and most importantly, protect all lives. Recently, a young girl who attended the University of Southern Mississippi recorded herself saying and I quote, look at that cute little nigger," and then proceeded to turn her camera to a black woman walking on the beach, all while her friends laughed. Turns out this young woman is a licensed nurse, and her friends are studying to be nurses as well. Yet these are the people who are being praised for being on the front lines, and these are the same people who we are supposed to trust with our lives and the lives of our families. In the words of Kanye West, houseway. It baffles me. There is no way to turn racism on and off, it's not a light switch. I don't believe people can have a distorted view of black folk Friday evening through Sunday night and all of a sudden on Monday morning when they clock in for work, those views change. No wonder African-Americans are less likely to receive preventative care and the quality of health care for us is minuscule in comparison to that of our white neighbor. No wonder the maternal mortality rate of African-American women is four times greater than Caucasian women. No wonder we don't like going to the doctor. We don't even like to take medicine. All that leads to hypertension, asthma, strokes, heart attacks which is far more prevalent in our community than others. Yes I do believe there is a direct correlation to how racist and ignorant people come into these positions and pick and choose who they work at the top of their license for while the rest of us are left with their crumbs. I know the old saying is when you know better, you do better, but there is only so much cultural education and enlightening sensitivity training in the world that will combat this. We can scream until we turn blue, but in the end, people will feel and do what they want. The match is struck, and I hope the fire doesn't burn out until the narrative changes. And no, I'm not bashing white people. I'm actually so appreciative of people inside my circle who are outside my race who have always viewed me as an equal. They have tried to gain insight and respected my stance. They haven't turned a blind eye nor have they been ignorant to the injustices happening all around us and I so love them for it. I hope after all is said and done a much needed change does happen and those of you who can't stand us for no other reason than us being black, I hope you continue to unveil to us your racist truths and appropriate action is taken. I once read an African proverb that stated, the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Though we African Americans are clearly that child, I so hope the world doesn't become the village.
0: Dr. Harris, I'm going to pose the same question that I asked Neosha. What are some of the emotions or or some of the things that you see going on as far as emotions for black people in the U.S. today and even around the world?
5: As many of you guys may know, I have generalized anxiety and it has increased since the countless murders of African-Americans. I have to continuously check it because I get anxious when my brother is leaving the house. And then I get anxious watching these videos. I get anxious hearing about the murders. And so also, you, not, I can't put it on you, but I own it. I experience grief for these people. So I wanted to let you guys know that it is okay to have these feelings but make sure that you are processing them and allowing yourself to experience them because oppressing them will lead to a possibility of them coming out in a worse way later
0: so tiffany what do you what do you think about the state of our country at this point because for me i feel as if we are stuck in a repetitive cycle so how do you feel about it
6: so the state that our country is in right now, it is sad, it is disheartening, it is um, it has been at a loss for words for a lot of reasons. Um, and I guess what really bothers me the most is um people don't understand why the African American community is so upset. Um it is not fair when the color of your skin determines or dictates how someone treats you, how someone approaches you, or how someone judges and jumps to conclusions um, without even asking questions. And how their actions are not, um, their actions aren't questioned. There are no rationales behind their actions and it's just like they get a slap on the wrist or um they get um simply fired or they get administrative leave until further research is done that is not fair to one the family of the victim and to the African American community um i feel like police officers have been Some police officers, and when I say some police officers, I mean the white police officers that are killing our African-American men um, and boys. Um, I feel like they are protected to a certain extent because all you have to say is they were irrational. Asking why is not an irrational question. That is asking for clarity, asking for understanding. Um, And I feel like communication has been lost between the um, police officers and the community or African-American community. So as an aunt of an African-American 18-year-old young man, the sister of an African-American man, it is frustrating and um, aggravating and it, it causes me... A lot of anxiety when they're out or when they call me or when they, when I'm expecting them to be home or my nephew to be home at a certain time and I get a phone call or I'm riding down the street and I see a white Honda Accord pulled over by a police officer, I instantly fear the worst and it shouldn't be that way. I remember when police officers were the apple of Kia's eye because they wanted to protect and serve. They wanted to be like heroes. And now police officers are like villains. When Colin Kaepernick simply kneeled to show the injustice of police officers in the United States of America he he was He was bashed, he was taken for granted, and his career was ruined because he wanted to shed a light on this. So you took this man's career. Then you have um, uh, the president of the United States right now who says that racism is not an issue in this country. How is racism not an issue in this country when every person who was killed by by a police officer has been african-american you had a woman walking to an apartment who was a police officer walking to an apartment where she said it was hers and kill a man and and you still had to take that to trial that was simply murder you have a man who killed george floyd and you gave him third degree murder and a misdemeanor not a misdemeanor um not a misdemeanor, manslaughter. You gave him manslaughter. That means he did not intentionally kill that man. Yes, he did. He put his knee on his neck. Just because he can scream and yell and say, I cannot breathe, does not mean you're not cutting oxygen off. If you know anything about the human body, your neck has two arteries. You have your carotid artery. Those arteries are beneficial to get blood from your heart to your head and back to the throughout your whole body. If you cut oxygen off to that artery you're instantly depriving the brain of oxygen which means when the brain dies the person is literally dead the brain is the only organ in the whole human body that cannot be removed and transplanted from another body it doesn't work that way so you completely cut this man oxygen off to his brain he is yelling and screaming For someone to help him. And you have an officer standing there looking like Boo Boo the fool. Not doing anything. Nothing at all. And for him to put his hands in his pocket. That is putting more pressure on that man's neck. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care how sorry he is. He murdered that man. It wasn't third degree. It was first degree. He meant to do that. He meant to debilitate that man. There is no other way to say it i don't I'm not going to say that I sit here and I condone the riots that are going on. I don't condone burning down buildings and all that kind of stuff, but if this is what it takes for the African American community community to get your attention, well damn, we got it. We have to do it. We have to do something that is going to have people listen to us. We are tired of our black men getting killed. And we are tired of being the victims of of senseless crimes. Just because my skin is black does not make me a threat. Just because someone else's skin is white does not make them right. White privilege does not mean that white people do not go through things because everyone goes through hard times. Everybody falls on hard times. However, white privilege does mean that because the color of your skin, you're able to get out of a lot more situations easier because your skin is white. And because my skin is brown, that means I'm more likely to have done something. Because when you look at me, you might see me as an angry black woman or you might see an African-American man as um A threat because he's assertive, and he speaks with a lot of passion and he's protective, so he has an attitude, and he's more violent than someone else, so yes, the color of our skin plays a humongous role in how we are treated, how we are seen, and how we are respected. There are a lot of times where people of color have been overlooked and and misled and misguided because of the color of their skin because they are seen as unequal. Um, to someone of, a, of the Caucasian race. And that is not fair um, because we are just as educated. We are just as um, positive and can put forth just as much effort. But because we're always trying to defend our race and our people, we're seen as ignorant or angry. And that's not fair because when you have to put forth so much energy into proving yourself and that may come across as being um forceful, you it's kind of like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place because do I lay down and I don't I don't show what I can do or do I step into the forefront and I, I make you see me? And I feel like that's where we are now as a country. Like you're going to have to recognize that black people are tired. We are tired of being killed. We're tired of having senseless funerals, um, putting people in the ground too early for no reason, and just having someone say, I'm sorry, or I didn't mean to. So what did you mean to do when you shot this person this many times? What did you mean to do when you put your knee in his neck for nine minutes? What What was your intention? Because you already had them handcuffed. What else What else was there to do? At this point in time, in 2020, what needs to happen is um, law enforcement officers need to learn how to talk to people. You can't talk at people. Where the world is right now with violence and emotions and feelings... There is no way you can talk at people. You have to talk to them. They are going to have to learn how to respect people who are not like them in turn to get respect. And until that happens, I don't see anything positive coming from this. And that is so sad because, like I said, I have an 18-year-old nephew who I love with every ounce of me. And it is aggravating and frustrating to hesitate when he walks out of the door because I'm afraid that he may not walk back or I'm afraid that I'll get a phone call about whatever. And that is, that's the heartbreaking part because now we have to shelter our kids and not allow them to learn and grow and have fun because of the fear of the unknown
0: a luscious cooper i'm tired girl tell me what you got for me
6: in the words of miss fanny lou hamer i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired as a wife as a mother as a daughter as a sister as a granddaughter as a cousin as a friend i truly fear for the black men in my life um, having a husband who is has an athletic build and tattoos over his arm, many people could get the wrong impression about him when he is out and about. He could very well fit the um, description of a target. He could very well be considered a threat to anyone based on looks alone. However, the most humble, the most laid-back person one ever could meet. You really don't know him until you get to know him. And I do fear for him daily when he leaves home, especially in his field of work. I never know um, when someone may view him as a threat. Whether he is out running or just out minding his business, I don't know who would ever see my husband as a threat. So I am always constantly keeping him covered in prayer. My twin boys are only nine months old. So, of course, they do not have an understanding of what is going on right now. But I know one day they will grow up and the faces that are so cute and adorable to so many people, both black and white, will one day be a threat to someone. And at what age, I guess for me as a mother, the question is, at what age do I have the talk with my sons? That they will come off as a threat to someone else. Is it even fair that I have to have that talk with my children about being a threat to someone else? And we have white people who are not even teaching their children that not all African-American men or women are a threat to them. Should we even be having to have this conversation? Um, But in reality, we know that one day it will have to happen. And I can't say... At what age that would be appropriate? Um, the young man who lost his life a few years back, I think it was Tamir Rice. He was only 12 years old. So, do we have this talk years before 12? Right at 12? Just what is the appropriate time to have that talk with your children? Um, I have a 19-year-old brother who's very upbeat, very outgoing person. L- looking at him... I would not think he would ever be a threat to anyone other than because he's a black male. Um, but I fear for him. He um, He's a very friendly, outgoing person. He just kind like, of to be out, and sometimes he is out with the wrong crowd. And I would just hate for him to be at the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and get caught up in a situation that he does not need to be in, a situation that... He cannot control so as a sister. I am always concerned for him. I am always keeping him covered in prayer Um, My father and grandfather are a little bit older they um, Live in a small town here in Mississippi in a very very small smaller community in that town and they don't bother anyone. They're really to themselves. However, they're very, very quick-tempered. And I know that if they are put in a situation where they may have to react, um, it could definitely be unfavorable. Um, they are just a man's man, and they are not going to let anyone play down on them. So I definitely... To see them being in a situation where things may not go in their favor. So I'm always keeping them covered in prayer. Not just the men that are related to me. But also my friends. I'm always keeping them covered in prayer. It is so tough for our black men um, in today's world. We are here in 2020 dealing with situations that took place in the 1960s and I think Will Smith said it best and I cannot quote him exactly but this is just not just starting it's being filmed more and it's really sad that we are living in these times it's it's very disheartening and um, I sincerely pray for our black men each and every day I feel that sometimes they carry a very heavy weight on their shoulders they're catching backlash from the races and sometimes they're catching backlash from our own race um this conversation could really really go on for a very long time but I'm just kind of trying to touch on some of the things um that stand out most to me I think when black people really really do get to the point of being tired that you will you will see us retaliate totally differently. Um, I hate to say this, but I, I'm going to have to say it. I for an eye. I, I will lay down my life for my children. And I'm not going to tell you that if a police officer takes the life of one of the men that I love so dearly, knowing that they are unarmed and did not commit a crime... I'm not going to tell you that I would be the woman to get on TV and, ask, and and to forgive them and ask people to be peaceful and let my family rest in peace. No, if they don't die in peace, I just cannot go about a situation like that peacefully. As I see so many mothers and wives and children get on TV saying that they... Forgive the ones that have taken the lives of their loved ones. They get on there asking us to be peaceful and to just keep them in prayer. I'm sorry. I just not have reached that level of maturity yet. Um, this, Like I said, this is a very disheartening situation. And as I stated a few days on my um, Facebook post, until somebody pulls a Carly Haley, I just really don't see things being different. And if you don't know who Carly Haley is, then I highly suggest you watch A Time to Kill.
0: And last but not least, my best friend, Madeline, please explain to the people your thoughts on what's going on in the world, in the country, us as black people. Just, Just... Give me your take on everything that's going on.
5: First of all, let me start by stating something that really doesn't need to be said. Black lives matter. Every single black life on the face of this planet. Heterosexual, LGBTQ, light skinned, dark skinned, able bodied, handy capable, old, young, near far, Every black person in between. You matter. And I speak directly to you right now. I find myself waking up mad and going to bed mad as hell. I find myself voicing my point in the face of those who burn LeBron James and Kyler Kaepernick jerseys in the street, as well as SEC fans who tear cities up. When they lose Those same people try to shame protesters Who are sick and tired of being treated As second class citizens And who are in the street Being killed by people who are paid Bi-weekly to protect people For a living And when they clock out they go home A white lady told me today That she has been screamed at By cops for something trivial A number of times As if it compares to the experience Of a black person in America girl save it it was so deplorable it almost made me laugh the level of delusion running rampant in the hearts of people who have added stock to the phrases black-on-black crime free speech first amendment oh and my favorite Martin Luther King would not like this child please Martin is not here because he was killed for using that first amendment that you love so much. The will for ignorance is sad. And honestly, it's not my job to argue with white people who have to answer for their own salvation. I am so glad that God sent his son down to earth so that I will only have to answer for mine. In the song, Take Me to the King, Tamla Man sings, Truth is I'm tired, options are few. I'm trying to pray, but where are you? Truth is, I am tired. I'm tired of people downplaying the plights of black people, not people of color, black people. Options are few. When you live in a country with leadership that does not reflect the citizens who toil every day, negotiating is impossible. I'm trying to pray, but where are you? I pray every single day that God creates in me a clean heart and renews the right spirit in me. I look at people hurting, racist, laughing, and I look to God for answers, though I know with my limited knowledge that is where faith activates. I keep in mind that no matter what, God is still in control. But don't think I'm a to back down now. I have, however, shifted my focus to the families of the fallen brothers and sisters I will never meet. Their friends, associates, those who have encountered these lovely men, women, and children. I think of them, and my heart mourns. Nothing I feel can be compared to the pain they will forever hold in their hearts. I think of those who do not get media attention or whose deaths have not even resulted in as much as a trivial arrest. I think of Breonna Taylor, shot like a criminal in her own home as a result of a no-knock warrant. Even more, I think of the trans men and women who receive little to no attention at all, like Tony McDade a black trans man who was killed by Tallahassee police recently. I say your name. I hold you in my heart, and I will continue to fight for you. I won't forget you. To everyone listening, do not thank white people for being decent and standing with black people. As much as our culture permeates every inch of society, it should be expected, not congratulated. If you really believe that all lives matter, you're just explain what that means, right? No cookie for you. Celebrities will continue to show their true colors, as is, what happens with these situations. And corporations will, too. Make the choice to no longer support. It's really that easy. Holding your dollar is more powerful than using your voice these days, I guess. Black lives matter, then... They matter now, and they will forever matter. We can't be silenced. (laughs) We will never be stopped. And we will continue to pave the way for everything good in this world. I mean, we did build an entire country that was foreign to us. For free, might I add. We should have more say than anybody on how this government is run. Stay safe. Continue to protect yourself. And know that you are not alone. We will take back everything that is owed. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Son of God, Amen.
0: Hey, my brunch friends, are you looking for something new to read? Something interesting that will keep your attention? Well, check out SingSong Blackbird at singsongblackbird.wordpress.com. Check it out today. So after sitting at home for such a long time um, and also seeing on the news of everything that is going on with police brutality, I wanted to revisit um, a documentary that I watched a long time ago. Um, It's Ava DuVernay's 13th. And so I'm going to give you guys a synopsis of what that is about and how I feel it pertains to what's going on in the world today. Hey, so... Thank you so much for allowing me to do this, um, commentary on Ava DuVernay's 13. I do think that it's one of the (laughs) best documentaries I ever watched. Well, one, I don't like to watch too many documentaries, but watching that documentary meant so much to me and it means, uh, so much to me as a male and so much to me as an African American male at that. So I do thank you again for allowing me to do this, um, Honestly, when I first heard about this film, I I didn't want to watch it because I I initially thought back to uh, Roots and uh, the movie Roots, and I was like, you know, I hated the movie Roots because it was so, so um, horrific to watch and to even think of. But I I do uh, think that being uncomfortable and putting yourself in an uncomfortable position, like watching this movie, um, allows for you to grow. I do think that in, in, in the midst of our, inability to be comfortable it helps us grow it it, it takes us out of our comfort zone and it makes us say hey this is the issues these are things that are really going on these are the things that we really have to discuss and really have to talk about and i think 13th does an outstanding job at first causing you uh frustrating and overwhelming thoughts i do think that it, it does um play on your emotions a lot it does create this um this tense atmosphere but i think that that's one of the things that's needed i think that these things and these uh the the points and the issues that are brought up in 13th are needed and and just to go deeper into what 13th the just the title just to go into the title and what the title is about the title 13th um is talking about um Slavery, um, the freedom, the freedom of the slaves, unless it was a, commo- uh, a crime that was committed uh, to uh, place them back in incarceration, and that's how uh, this documentary uh, was brought about because. Uh, Ava DuVernay, who is the director of this film, saw that um, this mass incarceration and many people who have written books on this uh, sees this mass incarceration as a continuum of slavery. And I think that um, is so true because so many African-American and so many people of color have been moved into the system. And that's one of of the reasons why I'm doing my PDE on the school to pipeline prison system with uh, adolescent males um, that are African-American. So. So, first issue that I would like to touch on that this ish, uh, that this film brought about was the Jim Crow laws, which uh, many people who from the South have heard of these laws that cause uh, segregation and separation in the tense atmosphere that existed. I know my grandmother is ninety ninety five. My grandmother is ninety five, and she would tell us the stories about how in Quitman, Mississippi that you had to go on back roads you couldn't you couldn't be seen and um walking or even going on the public streets you had to go through the back of restaurants and then uh even till 2005 i will say um from my personal experience Quitman, mississippi um had segregated proms up until 2005 when they attempted to integrate those proms however they moved the proms to meridian mississippi so Quitman has never had a integrated prom um, in the city of Quibman, uh due to racial tension. Now, these, uh, these things were highlighted. These issues of Rachel's tension was highlighted in the film 13. And the way that though, was brought about was discrimination, uh, prejudices, and also um, one big thing was lynchings, uh, which happened. It happened in the South, and these were the things, these were the tactics used um, by Caucasians um, to deter people of color. All right, so the next thing that happened this film shows and depicts how these actions, whether it was lynching, whether it was segregation, these beatings, these the, the Ku Klux Klan coming to your home and burning crosses on your lawn, the, she depicts how these actions marginalize and disenfranchise this population, these people of color. It, it, it marginalized them it stripped them of their voice, giving them no platform, giving them no ability to speak up for themselves and, and talk for themselves. So this this film is a direct response to to um being placed over many years um, in a position where we have no voice, where we had no voice. And now this film is giving us and giving this population, giving people who have been marginalized and disenfranchised, whether it's uh, people of color, women, um, LGBTQ, um, giving them this voice to say, hey, you know, we count, we matter. And, and I'm going to tell you that uh, with this voice, I'm going to show you and, 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 and give you the real, the raw, whatever is going on, these issues that are going on in our nation, and, and even though this, it, this spans back uh, years and years, it still happened and these are still issues that are going on because these issues are not just uh, from the past. They're systemic. They're systemic issues. They're systemically placed issues that continue to impact people of color, especially when it boils down to um, mass incarceration. The next issue that was highlighted in the film 13 was the war on drugs, which um, happened. The government changed the laws on um, the length of sentences for different substances. Like, say, for instance, marijuana received a longer sentence than cocaine. And then the specific reason for this is because um the government felt as if um, many users of marijuana and cheaper substances like crack cocaine uh were of uh, people of color and they used this as a ploy to um move individuals into the prison system for a longer periods of time basically destroying and breaking apart uh people of color's families their homes um because what this broke up families and and created a trend uh, sending families to be further marginalized and placed at a disadvantage due to not having a a, a a second provider in the home and 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 also it impacted the children because once the children sees this they they either get into this mentality of of, of hurt and anger causing them um, to engage in negative externalizing behaviors um, which we see um, in a lot of kids um uh, in predominantly African-American schools uh, where these kids are, are 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 living in single-parent households due to one parent being incarcerated. Uh, they exhibit behaviors like oppositional defiance or conduct disorder. So another issue that I think has been systemically placed is um, the housing authority. When you think about housing authority, only a single parent um with children can live in a housing authority so um, for individuals who have been incarcerated uh when they're coming back they can't even reenter their own home because if if a family is living in housing authority you cannot have a a a two-parent household then you will have to be moved out of the housing authority possibly placing this family even more at a disadvantage or even more at risk for uh 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 for poverty or 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 or, or negative outcomes. Uh, so finally, I would like to touch on, um, what this film depicted was these companies who had supported the ALEC, which is the American Legislative Exchange Council who supported, uh, the prison complex, building more prisons, uh, uh taking incentives to fill these prisons. These are companies like Walmart, AT&T, State Farm, and many more, over like 300 companies. However, Walmart did um, drop out after criticism. However, as a person, I'm like, I'm not going to shop at Walmart, even though it's hard. It's hard. But I'm not going to shop at Walmart or, or use these services who basically are Putting individuals in prison, or who are who are supporting this, who are basically building and and supporting the uh, the filling of prisons more than education. We have more prisons than educational institutions. Do you realize that we have more individuals? We have five. Percent of the nation of the of the world's population, but 25 percent of 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 the world's prison population. That is a large amount, and these companies are continually to support the ALEC to build these prisons, to to fill these prisons, which is very infuriating to me. So before I end this video. I, I I wrote something and I placed it on uh Instagram today and I would like to share it with you um and hopefully you will like it 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 pertains to not only the uh the documentary thirteen but also what's currently going on in our nation um as opposed to um the racial tension the 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 police brutality all of those things that are going on. I think that this quite sums it up. Um It states advocacy is at the pinnacle of my role as a licensed clinician. I say to say this: bandura's social learning theory has highlighted that people learn from one another, whether observation, imitation, or modeling. Um, these issues occurring in our nation continually to marginalize and disenfranchise people of color, uh, women, members of the LGBTQ, people of poverty, and many more will continue to be an issue due to how we are learning to treat each other and respond to each other. What I received from psychologists today um, states that one of Bandura's most famous experiments, which we all know is the Bobo doll, and how the children... um, who observed adults being violent towards these Bobo dolls um, were violent towards the Bobo dolls themselves or violent towards uh, or presented violent behavior themselves. Uh, we get that. So in understanding that I, I I pose that we must change this dynamic. We must, we must help people and teach people how, um, how to do better and how to be better. And and I continued in saying that the issues at hand is more than just taking a knee or more than uh, 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 why Black Lives Matter. It is a response to a systemic issue that is continually perpetuating our society. Keep those who are disenfranchised and marginalized voiceless. This is an act to do that, to keep us voiceless, to keep individuals of color, to uh, keep uh, women and to keep members of the LGBTQ voiceless. Um, So here's what I propose to do uh, to change it. This is what I'm saying as a clinician. We must engage in love, which is L-U-V, not L-O-V, which is listen, understand, validate. Implementing this daily helps Uh, To embrace differences and tear down walls that exist between us. When we exhibit these behaviors, our children and and others around us learn how to exhibit similar behaviors as well. And that's going back to that social learning theory. Um, That's why I brought that up earlier. Just because an issue does not impact you does not make it an issue, does not make it not an issue. Um, Ask yourself, is what you're teaching and what others are learning from you, is it helping or hurting Is it building or dividing? I do appreciate you for listening, and thank you so much. What is it you wanted me to reconcile myself to? I was born here almost 60 years ago. I'm not going to live another 60 years. You always told me it takes time. It has taken my father's time, my mother's time, my uncle's time, my brother's and my sister's time, my niece's and my nephew's time. How much time do you want for your progress? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Brunching with Friends. Please send all of your questions to brunchingwithfriends at gmail.com. That's B-R-U-N-C-H-I-N-W-I-T-F-R-E-N-Z at gmail.com. Send your questions today.